my zebras what's up voicemails are coming in some of the voicemails are vulgar you guys are weird man (laughs) send me a voicemail call my phone 814-799-0064 814-799-0064 you know i used to think you were all right anymore i think you might be some sort of Sometimes I look at pictures of you on the internet and I'll think about to him. But then I remember that I never beat to a thing. Yeah, you know what? If I ever walked into a grocery store and saw you sitting there buying a bag of last cereal, I think you were a Facebook. Instagram, Rob Z Radio, Twitter, Snapchat, Rob Z, yo, and I'm also rocking that YouTube page. I'm starting to get videos back up on there now. That is Rob Z Radio on YouTube as well. Happy Valley Social Media is the company that I uh, have, have joined forces in to help people with their social media, whether you're a personal brand, whether you're a business, if you're interested in, in ways to boost that social media visibility to get people to understand who you are and what you're all about, to turn your business from a a business, a logo, a storefront into a personality, Uh, I can explain more. I'm not going to get into deep detail right now on the podcast, but I can explain a lot more to you if you just contact me on one of those social media outlets. But right now I'm going to shut my freaking mouth and get this podcast started. Let's go. This is Rob Z Radio. So I went to see Metallica a couple of nights ago in Philadelphia. My neck still hurts, by the way. I've had a headache for like three days. Whenever you get older and you headbang a lot, that's what happens to you. Uh, now, I'm not a, I'm not like a hardcore historian on Metallica. Yes, they are one of my favorite bands of all time, but I don't have deep, deep knowledge of their albums, okay, and of their music necessarily. So that's why I've never done an episode about a Metallica album. Uh, I'd say, and this might be crazy to some hardcore Metallica fans, but uh, Death Magnetic has been my favorite album from Metallica. Yeah, for real. Death Magnetic, like their second most recent album. Uh, I got into Metallica back in like 1995, I want to say. See, this is weird, man, because if you're a hardcore, you know, back in the day, uh, late 80s, early 90s Metallica fan, anybody who got into Metallica around 95 would have been somebody who got into Metallica after the Black Album whenever Load came out. Now, this was a very, very controversial time for Metallica fans. And, of course, if you're listening to this, you already know this. But, you know, in the 80s, early 90s, those dudes rocked so hard. Long hair. The the epic uh, just picture of a metalhead. When you thought metalhead, you pictured Metallica. That's what you put the two. Uh, that's how I always put the two together. Metalheads looked like the dudes in Metallica back in the 80s, right? Uh, and then around, you know, 91, whenever the Black Album came out, they went mainstream, using air quotes on that one, because Enter Sandman became like the biggest song ever. It's crazy that that heavy of a metal song 
just became this like a pop song almost, right? Because everybody knows Enter Sandman. Everybody knows that freaking song. No matter what age, like people love that jam. It's it's such a great song. And that was the beginning of the downfall for a while for Metallica. So after the Black Album, they cut their hair. They released a eh, maybe not hard as hardcore of a metal album. It was more just like hard rock, a more straightforward rock. I guess you could say the songs weren't quite as long. It was Load. I think that was 95. I think that album came out. That's the one that I got. I love Load. I think Load and Reload are both badass albums. But in the in, in in the view of metal, in the view of every metalhead out there, they kind of like co- totally fell off the charts at that point in time. People were sick of them. They were really mad at them for cutting their hair and changing their style a little bit. Now, the time that I would have gotten really mad at Metallica would have been whenever St. Anger came out. That would have been around the time that I was like, you guys suck. What the hell did you do? Uh, but this was like the beginning of the downfall, I guess you could say. Me personally, loved Load. I loved Reload. I thought Garage Inc. was pretty awesome. Uh, St. Anger, I was not really a fan. That was the one point in Metallica's career. They released that documentary, Some Kind of Monster. They released St. Anger, and it was like, I don't know what you guys are doing here. I don't know if I'm liking any of this. But they totally brought their career back with Death Magnetic. That album slays. But I just wanted to give you kind of a brief overview of my history with Metallica. Because I've always thought they were an incredible band. I always thought they just completely blew any other metal band away. Because for me, a lot of metal bands make great music, but they don't have great lyrics. And they don't have a great lyricist. They don't have a great front man, a great singer who can electrify and match the power of the music with their vocals. James Hetfield is that wa- that rare dude, that one in a million who seems to be able to do that with his voice. So I think that's one of the reasons they became that ultimate band because not only did they have the musicianship, I mean the craftsmanship of their music is just outstanding and on par and I, I, not on par, above par. With anybody who's ever made metal. Metallica stands alone in that genre. So, let alone the musicianship, the fact that Hetfield, his voice matched the music, his attitude, his darkness, his his mood, you know, just like that brooding sound, that brooding voice. A lot of the music was about death and destruction and all that kind of crazy shit. So, it just seemed to me that they just brought the best of both worlds together. And I don't know if a metal band has ever done it as well as Metallica has done it. I don't think anybody ever has. Now, I, personally, I don't think anybody ever will. The legacy those guys have had throughout the years... My God, are they an incredible band. So let's take us now to this past Friday. I was in Philadelphia, Lincoln Financial Field for Metallica, live, stadium tour, like 100,000 people, something like that, close to 100,000 people packed into Lincoln Financial Field to watch Metallica, Event Sevenfold, and Volbeat and Mixmaster Mike. Okay, I'll, I'll get to all of that in a second. But Avenged Sevenfold backed out. I'm going to call maybe the lamest excuse for a heavy band to ever back out of a show. Right? The the lead guitarist, um, his wife had a baby. So he was like, hey, I'm going to go home with my baby. And they were like, okay, we're going to cancel our set. I'm like, what the f- are you doing, guys? I'm going to call out Avenged Sevenfold before I go any further into this. If you're a big Avenged Sevenfold fan, listen, I like those dudes too. They rock. But you're not trying to tell me that there wasn't somebody else, a roadie, a stagehand, 
who, you know, tuned their guitars, who helped them set up every night, who didn't know every chord to every Avenged Sevenfold song that you couldn't have somebody fill in. This is the day of, okay? The day of the concert, Avenged Sevenfold backed out. The day of, my buddy Josh gets on Twitter, he says, hey, Avenged Sevenfold's out. The lead guitarist had a baby. I'm like, who gives a, what? Who cares the lead guitarist had a baby? Have somebody fill in. Like you couldn't find somebody who knows all of their songs. That pisses me off. And Avenged Sevenfold, that pisses me off to know. And you know how many fucking people you pissed off by doing that? I'm sorry for dropping F-bombs, baby, but it's a metal podcast and it feels necessary. I think that is complete crap. Thousands of people come to see you. Tens, maybe 100,000 people come to see you. You're headlining, co-headlining. Well, you, okay, you're second in line to Metallica. This is like Volbeat. I kind of wanted to see them. I don't really care about Volbeat. They, they were good, put on a great show, but I'm not like a gigantic fan. Uh, but Avenged Sevenfold, I wanted to see them badly. Plus, I'd never seen them before. So I was like, man, this is going to be incredible. These guys kick ass. They're going to put on a great show. And you guys back out the day of. That's pretty low. And the fact, like, what was the rest of the band doing? Just, like, sitting backstage, like, oh, yeah, he had a baby, so we decided to sit back here and not play. Like, you suck. It dropped my standards for the band way down. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, Event Sevenfold, I probably would have loved you way more whenever you went out and put on an awesome stage show. If you had to back out like that, lame. Volbeat, uh, you guys won me over, I'll be honest with you, because I, I've listened to uh, a decent amount of Volbeat songs. We were in the parking lot tailgating, before the concert and some dude decided like I need to play the loudest music you've ever heard in your life I think the music in the parking lot this guy was playing was louder than the music in the concert I, this guy annoyed the crap out of me at first but he started playing full beat and I was like eh, I don't know I mean I've heard a couple of singles that he was like playing the full album I was like oh god I don't know if I like these dudes uh, but in live in concert way better than they are on their album and if you're a Volbeat fan, I'm sorry to offend you. I, I think those dudes de definitely do rock. But the album doesn't quite match the live performance. Badass. Incredibly good band. Now, another part of this is Mixmaster Mike. So, Mixmaster Mike, famous DJ. One of the most famous DJs of all time. Beastie Boys DJ for many, many years. Got a tough spot. They throw him out as the DJ. And I guess he, he DJed a little more than he would have... Normally, because Avenged Sevenfold wasn't there. So Mixmaster Mike is DJing, and you know, I I didn't really have a problem with him. But here's the problem. The Mixmaster Mike, you were a hip-hop DJ, and he, def he played a lot of rock music. He played a lot of Rage Against the Machine. He definitely mixed a lot of rock in. But you can't have somebody who, you know, he played some hip-hop. He played a little bit of dubstep. You can't have somebody who's playing hip-hop and dubstep at a Metallica concert because you're going to have people in the crowd who want you dead. And that is exactly what was going on. And, you know, I can remember before this concert seeing on the bill Mixmaster Mike, and I thought, oh, that is so awesome. Mixmaster Mike's going to be DJing too? And then we get there, and I totally forgot about that. So there's just some guy up there DJing, and people in the crowd are just dumping on him, screaming at him. Hate. You don't even know the hate. The middle fingers that were coming up. The you suck chance. I was... See, I'm a, I'm a hip-hop fan. I'm a metal fan. I, I can cross genres really anywhere. Countries where it kind of gets a little bit difficult. But even sometimes I can, I can handle that as well. But when you have hardcore Metallica metalheads and you're playing hip-hop, you are going to get shit on. 
in Mixmaster Mike. I'm sorry, bro. Because I thought he put on a pretty cool set. Twice. He had to do it twice because Avenged Sevenfold backed out. So, uh, Mixmaster Mike, shout out to you, dude. And uh, just know that there were some, were some people in the crowd who were digging what you were doing. But the metalheads, those angry drunk metalheads, were way, way angrier than I was happy. You understand what I'm saying? So, but but uh, kudos to him, man, for just putting up with that, for getting through it. And for, you know, dr- dropping and mixing a lot of rock music with a lot of hip-hop. He was mixing hip-hop and rock together, and I thought he was just doing a, a step job so those are kind of the precursors to metallica so we we had general admission tickets my buddy josh accidentally bought general admission he wanted to buy seating you know because it's like it's like a football stadium so the normal football seating is all open plus where the field would be that's the general admission standing room only and he was like oh i I bought standing room only by by accident i wanted to get seats and i was like ah man that kind of sucks but then I'm, i'm a I'm a regular, well, I used to be a regular festival goer. I've been to a few Lollapaloozas and uh, Virgin Mobile festivals and a couple other festivals throughout my years. Josh has come with me to to a few of those. And when you go to see that big band that you want to see, that band that's like, you know, bucket list, top of your list, one of your favorite bands of all time, you know is going to melt your brain, you want to get up close. So I'm, I'm the kind of guy I get up into the crowd and you just wiggle your way up. You keep wiggling, you keep wiggling, you keep wiggling until you get as far up as you possibly can. And that's exactly what we did. We got about, I'd say, six rows from the front of the stage. Six rows from Metallica. So we get up there during Volbeat, and you know, some mosh pits are breaking out. Let me just, if you're never, if you've never been in, inside of a gigantically large crowd at a concert and you don't know like how it goes exactly, things happen in these crowds that uh, can really help you, okay? Things happen like girls getting on guys' shoulders. For some reason, that always opens up a way to move forward. Mosh pits break out. So during Volbeat, the mosh pits are breaking out. Once a mosh pit, once a mosh pit collapses and falls into itself, like whenever people give up, there's this vacuum of, of room. You just fill up and you go right in. Crowd surfers. And let me just say something about crowd surfers. I don't know what happened with crowd surfers over the past 15 years, but I can recall going to concerts and it was... You know, skinny guys and skinny girls who crowd surfed, and you could pick them up and just float them across people. And I guess we're a lot fatter than we used to be, Americans. So now the crowd surfers are overweight people. I'm just going to say it. They were, I'd say, 90% fat people who wanted to crowd surf. And you fell. Like, I'm sure some people got hurt because you're being, you're a little bit too heavy. If you have an overlapping gut, you should not be crowd surfing. If, you are, you know, a dude wearing basketball shorts. You should not be crowd surfing. I can't grab a hold of your basketball shorts, dude. My hands are slipping. I need something that I can grab a hold of and move you. And also, don't roll yourself up into a ball. I've never crowd surfed because I've always thought, like, I'm going to lose all the stuff in my pockets. How do people handle that? I'm going to have all these hands on me, and I'm paranoid of falling on the back of my head and getting a concussion or breaking my neck. Uh, yeah, that's just how I live my life. But other people live their life. They love to get up there, and they love to crowd surf. And I think, I mean, it's awesome if you want to do it. But I, I notice when people do it, they, they kind of, like, scrunch their body up into a ball. You've got to spread your body out like like you're like you're a starfish. That way people can grab every part of your body, your 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 weight is distributed and people can move you around. But that's not what these people were doing. They have no idea how to crowd surf. I've never seen worse crowd surfing in my entire life to the point where I just wanted to grab people and rip them into the ground and be like, "Stop. 
just stop. I didn't do that, but I wanted to. One guy came up behind us, and he's like, hey, man, will you help boost me up to get me going? And we were like, mm, I'm not going to help you do the crowd surfing thing, bro. You can go talk. There's like 80,000 people here. Go talk to somebody else. Have them put you up. And then if you come by, I'll like touch your leg or something to keep you moving. Okay, so we get up like six row. Six rows away from Metallica, <laughs> you know, and you gotta wait. Concerts are crazy when you're when you're up general admission because you can't leave to go to the bathroom. You're gonna lose your spot. You can't really move around that much because you're jam packed like sardines in a in a tin can. If, if you're claustrophobic, it's not a good feeling. And there's always that one guy close to the front who freaks out. I don't know if like the drugs kicked in or his alcohol was gonna make him puke or he was having a panic attack from too many people. But somebody always turns around and bolts. And this dude just turned around and was like, I gotta get out. Like clear room, clear the room, and and he just like flies through and like leaves. I don't know where that dude went, but uh, you're just so packed in, and there's a lot of smelly people beside you. And I always feel bad for the short girls who are up there who like I don't know how they can even see anything. But I've seen Metallica once before at <clears throat> in Detroit. Uh, what the hell was the name? Uh, Randall's Island. Is that Randall's Island? What's that? What's called? Uh, either way, it was in Detroit for their Orion Festival, which uh, I think only happened once or twice. I think we were there for the second Orion Festival. Metallica closed out the show on the second day. The Chili Peppers closed out on the first day. And Metallica did a, a secret set. So it was like a festival, a bunch of different stages set up. And Metallica did like this secret surprise set where they played Kill Them, Kill them All the whole way through, top to bottom. Like I said, I'm not like a hardcore Metallica fan. Like, I don't know every song from every album. So, like, I mean, I knew some of the songs, but it was, it, it doesn't matter to me when it comes to a band like Metallica. It doesn't matter to me. I've never cared about that when I listen to them because they just, they just give you energy. They just make you want to rock. They make you want to headbang. They make you want to go nuts. So, it's never mattered to me that I knew all the words. It just mattered to me that these dudes are blowing my freaking mind. And that's what they do. They're just such unbelievable professional musicians that they just they're freaking amazing even if you don't like metal i can't imagine you watching these guys and being like nah it was okay like they don't let you just walk away saying it was okay they completely engulf you with metal even though they're like in their 50s it's wild right so the first time i saw them we saw that secret live set of Kill 'Em All. We saw them then again in the second night perform their amazing stage show. But I was pretty far away for that stage show. We were pretty far back. This time we got like six rows up. Metallica comes out. Their stage, their set is just enormous. Gigantic video screens, flamethrowers, fireworks, everything you could possibly want out of a Metallica show besides somebody being burned alive on stage. No offense, James Hetfield. You just understand what I'm saying. Like you want, you want real, you want to feel the show and man, do you feel a Metallica show? I don't know how many concerts you've been to in your life. I've been to many, I'd say at least 50 and nobody puts on a concert like Metallica does. Nobody gets the crowd involved. And what I love about Metallica is even though they're so metal and they're so heavy, uh, I guess because they're all older now too. Like James Hetfield talks to the crowd, says how he loves everybody, says how we're like all here for music and there's no hate, there's only love. So, you know, just be out there in the crowd. Get all that energy out of you, but do it in a positive way, which I thought was really cool, especially considering a lot of their songs are about death, dying, fighting, explosions, and all that kind of crazy shit, right? <laughs> but... Man, just the energy that those dudes put out. 
I was headbanging the whole time. I was just rocking out the whole freaking time, just going nuts. And they have, you know, the main stage and then two ramps that come out into the crowd where they also have stages there as well. They they uh, have, like, platforms there as well for them to perform. And uh, if you check my Instagram, you can see some photos, Instagram, Rob Z Radio. But I was so close to Hetfield. I'm so close to Hammett. I'm so close to Rob. I don't know how to say his Trejurio. I'm never quite sure how to say his last name, so I just call him Rob. He's the bassist. He's so badass. And Lars is back there behind the drum kit crushing it. And, you know, Lars has always seemed like kind of a douche. And, of course, the whole Napster thing, if you went through that back in the 90s, which is another reason why uh, music fans hated Metallica for a long time. I kind of, like, didn't like Lars because he tried to kill downloads. But in, in his defense, it made sense. I mean... You're taking money out of the musician's pocket by illegally downloading their music. Uh, but Lars killing on the drums. One of the best drummers of all time. One of the most consistent drummers. And I don't know how that guy even weighs what he weighs right now. I don't know how he's not, like, skeleton thin. All the energy he must expend drumming all night long. Because he's just an insane, insane drummer. And he's got to be in his late 50s. Like, it's just it's unbelievable how these dudes are still doing it. So just to give you, give you an idea, uh, Lars is 53, James Hetfield is 53, and Kirk Hammett. I'm just going to n- mention those three because they're the three original members that are still with Metallica. Uh, Hammett, Hammett's 54. So these dudes are in their uh, early to mid-50s, and they still killed it on stage. And they still melt faces harder than anybody that I've ever seen melt faces on stage. I just, I, I'm so mind-blown by Metallica. They're they're just a band that when I when I see those guys and I see what they're still doing at that age, I think one number one, I hope to God I have that much energy at that age. Number two, I can't believe they remember all of these songs and I can't believe how tight they are. I always think that about bands that've been around forever. Like you guys have all these songs and you still remember all of them, and they're so damn tight as a band. Like there's no mess ups, there's no foul ups, and. They just are so in sync. It is unfreaking believable. That is not a boy band reference, by the way. That is just me uh, trying to find the right word to to describe how how cool these guys are on stage. Now, as far as their set list goes, so they went through eighteen songs. They started at uh, what time did they start? I think they started at nine. They played until like eleven fifteen. So you got like two hours and fifteen minutes of the most badass metal band ever. Uh, and of course, they didn't play anything from Death Magnetic. I was a little bit bummed out, but last time I saw them, they played some Death Magnetic songs, so I was okay with it. But they played Hardwired, uh, Atlas Rise. This is the set list from who, for whom the bell tolls, Creeping Death, The Unforgiven, Now That We're Dead, with the crazy drum solo in the middle of it, Moth into Flame, Wherever I May Roam, Halo on Fire, and Kirk and Rob have an awesome lead guitar bass guitar battle during that that it was just insane uh motor breath sad but true one if you've never seen one live if you've never heard the song one or seen the music video just go watch the music video right now it is it is an incredibly powerful song and when they finally break it down and get into the the real meaty part of that song i mean there nothing matches one nothing has the build-up like one does uh Maybe the day that never comes on Death Magnetic has built up kind of like one does. Uh, but damn, man, do those guys just know how to put on a show. Now, when they do one live, at the beginning of the song, because the song's about 
uh, I believe a World War II vet, maybe it's a Vietnam vet, one of the two, who has his arms, legs blown off. He can't see, speak, or hear. It's based on an old movie about this vet, and he's stuck inside of his own brain and in his own mind because he can't communicate with anybody, and he just wants to die. But nobody will kill him. They keep him alive, and he's just one. It gives me chills just talking about it. That's just the concept of that song with the live stage show. Look up a live performance of one from Metallica just over the past five to ten years. And the stage show is amazing. You feel like you're in battle. You feel like you're in gun battle the way they're doing doing the stage show. And once it gets into the song, the fog rolls over the crowd. Oh, my God, man. One just puts you in a, a crazy place. So they go from one to Master of Puppets to Fade to Black and then to seek and destroy. Now for seek and destroy, like they moved their stage set to the one of the ramps. They moved it to the front of the ramps. So they're like right. They're like in the crowd. They move Lars's drum set to this ramp to this like mini stage, and they perform like three or four songs there. Very intimate with the crowd and seek and destroy. Like people just go freaking crazy for that song. And then of course they come out for the encore. They came out and did battery. Did nothing else matters. And, of course, to finish things off, enter Sandman. Of course. That's how you've got to finish the show off. Because they're true professionals. They don't leave out those songs that every single person knows. Like, if there's those people in the crowd who came to see Metallica with their boyfriend, and the girl's like, oh, my God, I only know, like, one song. And at least they heard enter Sandman. They heard that one song that they knew. And that's how they always finish their show. Because they love their fans. They understand they have hardcore fans, but they also have casual fans. And they're just they're great to their people. They're great to the metalheads, people who have been metal lickers for years, and I respect that about those dudes. One of the things I did want to point out, though, some mosh pits did break out. Here's the weird part. More mosh pits broke out during Volbeat than did Metallica. You would think this would be the opposite, right? Well, the reason is Metallica is such a veteran, heritage, great, respectable, undeniable band with such a legacy that people don't even rock that hard when they watch them they more just stand and watch i mean of course standing there rocking out like to yourself head banging and playing the air guitar which i was doing the whole time but people don't mosh you see so many phones which is, is a bummer and i imagine for those guys playing on stage they're like put the damn phone away and, and enjoy the show everybody has their phone out not saying i didn't get my phone out a couple of times i did but just for quick snapchats okay 15 second video max i maybe took five pictures and maybe like three or four videos and that was it some people were filming whole songs. I feel like some people were filming the whole freaking concert. I could see some people were on Facebook Live putting things up. It's just like, it seems like a waste. Like, you guys spent over 100 bucks for these tickets. This is really what you're going to do, spending your time? Nobody cares that you, that you filmed the whole song. When are you ever going to watch that again? It's on YouTube, by the way. You can just go watch it on YouTube. They film all their shows in HD, I believe. Um, but it was just weird to me to watch people not really get crazy not really mosh and get wild because you want to see this band. You want to see them up close, especially how close we were. You've no idea how close when you realize that some of your idols in life are real people. This happened to me whenever I saw Metallica the first time. The Chili Peppers closed out the first day and I got on the rail for the Chili Peppers and I was like, I was with Flea. Like, Flea and I were boom, boom, like one-on-one. -on -one. Like, he was, like, right in front of me. That was an amazing moment for me in my life. 
Metallica, same situation. And Metallica, they switch themselves all over the stage the whole show. So at one point, you have Hetfield right in front of you. I had Hetfield, like, you know, maybe, maybe 15 to 20 feet away from me. And, of course, I'm a, I'm a nerd. I have my glasses on because I wanted to see. At one point, my glasses did get knocked off because we were all, like, banging our hands in the air. And somebody brought their elbow down on my face and knocked my glasses off. Um, but I wanted my glasses on so I could see in HD James Hetfield. And I could, man. I could. I, 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 people were just staring at him. I was just staring at him. At some point, I think I just, I quit bobbing my head. I quit even like listening to the music, and I was just thinking, like, that's James Hetfield. He's right there, right now. He's performing "Sad but True" to like a hundred thousand people in this open air stadium, and I am just, I am in. I'm with him. Kirk Hammett, same thing. He's like. 10, 15 feet from me. I feel like we make eye contact. I don't know if we really made eye contact or not, but I feel like we did. Uh, Rob Jurio. I don't know how to say his last name. He just has a, an awesome energy about him. I just like the energy that guy brings. It, just in his, just the way, his demeanor, the way he acts, the way he stands, his mannerisms. He seems like an awesome guy. He's a couple feet away, and I've always loved bass guitarists, so watching him play the bass was a very cool experience as well. And it just, it, it was my favorite concert experience because I got to see one of the greatest still living, still active, still rocking bands in the history of music, especially for my era. If you're a 90s kid, Metallica is one of those bands that they're at the top of the list. Like they're in top five, top three, as far as longevity, album sales, great songs, great singles, great albums, respected you know they never they never faltered. Besides, like Saint Anger, I don't think, and even that album. I mean, it's just it's it's too much of a departure from what Metallica is, and that documentary, <laughs> uh, some kind of monster. But besides that, they've never faltered. They've always been this badass rock band since the day they started. And I got to be just feet, mere feet away from gods. Really, when you think of music, they are music gods. And I was just a couple of feet away. So that's something I'm gonna keep in my brain and keep in my heart forever and if you also check my instagram rob z radio in that metallica post they throw out guitar picks at the end like they just chuck some into the crowd well kirk lead guitarist kirk hammett fluck flung fluck <laughs> that just made up a word uh flung the guitar it was fucking incredible man he flung the guitar picks into the crowd and i felt like three of them came flying at me like in a bundle like they were bundled together and they hit me in the side of the head and i'm like oh shit man i gotta get a guitar pick so i go down on the ground and people were just boom like just you know flies to turds just fly on the ground to get those guitar picks and there were two laying there. Two people grab them up. I'm like, man, I really wanted one of those guitar picks. Whatever, it's a bummer. Well, my buddy Dan beside me goes, hey, man, what's what's in your glasses? So right where I felt like I got hit, and people didn't believe me when I told them this. It's 100% true. Right where I felt like I got hit by the guitar picks. Luckily, I'm a nerd. Once again, had my glasses on. The guitar pick, one of the three that were thrown at me, stuck in between the arm of the glasses and my head, like right behind my ear, it, it just jammed right in there. And he's like, what is that? That's a guitar pick. And I went, what? And I reach up and it's stuck between my glasses and my head. And I pull it out and he goes, did you put that there? And I said, no, man, that like, that is how lucky that shot was. He threw those. They hit me on the side of the head 
right at that exact point where a guitar pick would get stuck right there. That means something. That means something. That's why I got to do this podcast because that means something that that guitar pick got stuck there. Unbelievable. So I have it. There's a picture of it. And on the front of it, uh, it says Metallica. On the back, it says Philadelphia and whatever the date was. What was the date? Five. Uh, I don't know. what. The, who cares what the date was at this point in time? It doesn't matter. All that matters is I got that guitar pick. I had the greatest concert experience. I'm going to put it. I don't know if I can put it at the top, uh, but I probably should. I'll put it top three easily. Be in front row for the Chili Peppers. Even though I've seen them too many times to really fully enjoy their show anymore, right? Once you see a band so many times live, it, it kind of gets burnt out on you. Especially when the band has too many hits because they just play the hits over and over. But luckily Metallica, uh, they they do play the hits, but they don't tour that often, so I haven't had a chance to see them that often. Uh, I'd put them up there with the Chili Peppers, uh, and um, I've, just, I've, I've seen Sublime. You know, since they reformed, they put on a couple of amazing shows. I'm not going to try to go in Eminem, so I'm an M Live. I put him up there. I don't want to go in all, all the my favorite concerts because I could be here for an hour trying to figure out which ones are my favorites. But Metallica, thank you for being the greatest band of our generation. I think that's pretty safe to say that they're the the greatest band of our generation. Nobody compares. Nothing else matters. So, dudes, thank you for Philly. Thank you for still rocking. Thank you for still making great music like Hardwired to Self-Destruct. Thank you for being that band that is badass beyond any other badass band. If you were at the show or you have a cool Metallica story that you'd like to tell me about why you love that band so much, why you love those dudes, you can hit me up. That's the phone number. You can drop me a voicemail, 877. I'm sorry. Damn it. Why do I always screw it up? The phone number is 814 814- 799-0064 Tell me your Metallica story And if you want to like talk on the podcast Maybe you have like a favorite Metallica album Maybe they're your favorite band of all time Come on dude, we can talk Metallica I would love to do that Social media, Facebook and Instagram Rob Z Radio Twitter and Snapchat, Rob Z Yo If you want to know more about my social media business And how I could help out your personal brand Or your business just hit me up, ask me some questions on social media, and if you would be so kind, if you like this podcast, can you please leave me a review on iTunes? Can you leave me like a, you know, three, four, five star, whatever you feel like doing? Don't go below three star. I don't know why you're leaving a review if you hate the podcast that much, uh, but three, four, five star, and just write a little bit about what you love about the podcast, because that can help me with awareness, help me gain exposure, and help me cover the costs of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. My zebras! I'll talk to you guys next time. Peace. That's brutal.